I wanted the wedding and I wanted to be the center of attention and I wanted all those things. And I think priorities are different now. And that's so much clearer, whether it comes to like our overall consumer culture or weddings or all of it. It's just the most important things are health and family and love. It's like pretty simple now. Welcome to Bride to Have Been. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Like many others, I was a bride-to-be, planning to marry my best friend in front of our loved ones, our tribe of 150 people. Needless to say, the pandemic upended the Pinterest perfect wedding I had planned. From 150 to seven guests, I had the most unexpected dream wedding. But not all brides and wedding professionals have had the same experience. Join me as I uncover the reality of this new normal in the wedding industry. Hey everyone, welcome back to Bride to Have Been. I'm so excited to introduce you all to Ashley Schroeder. Though this is my first time meeting Ashley, she and my husband used to work together at Pinterest. Ashley and her husband, Melvin, met 13 years ago at UC Santa Barbara. The two didn't date in a straight line, as it sounds like they were on and off for a good chunk of their relationship. But in 2016, the two decided to make it more official than ever before. Ashley and Melvin originally planned to tie the knot in June 2021 at a large ranch in San Luis Obispo. Since Melvin's family is from the East Coast, they were planning to have a three to four day event to be sure to show the East Coast family what the California Central Coast was like. Unfortunately, as COVID continued to rise over the summer months in 2020, Ashley and Melvin were honest with themselves that a wedding like the one they were planning for 2021 still might not be feasible. That said, the two canceled their 2021 plans and made 2020 more eventful than they had ever anticipated. Ashley, it's so wonderful to meet you. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. Of course. I'm so excited to speak with you. Julian has talked so much about you, so I'm just stoked to get this time to get to know you a little bit. I'm excited to be here and talk about my elopement and how we took 2020 back. Yes, you took it back into your hands for sure, but I don't want to spill the beans, so we're going to wait for you to do all that. All right, so before we dive into this chaotic year, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about how you and Melvin met, as it does sound like a very exciting story, given you've known each other for 13 years. (laughs) I would be happy to, and it's going to be funny when he hears this, because we always have different versions of it slightly. It's definitely somewhat out of a very long, drawn-out romantic comedy. We met at UC Santa Barbara in 2007 in the dorms, our freshman year. And I was just from an hour north of Santa Barbara, just not going very far off to college. And he had come all the way from Philadelphia and our dorms were, or our hallways were adjacent. And so we were on the same floor and I'll never forget hearing this accent. And I'd never heard an East Coast accent truly growing up in California. And I heard him say, oh, you're so awesome. And I was like, whoa, that's like so exotic. Who's that? <laughs> and we met and we became friends and we dated very briefly as much as you can at UC Santa Barbara as a freshman for a couple months. He actually gave me mono and I was hospitalized. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> so he like put his mark on me like early on with antibodies. And then I got out of the hospital and he broke up with me. <laughs> 
oh my gosh, Melvin. <laughs> I know, I know. And it was, we look back on that and we laugh so much because it just, we're 18 years old. It wasn't the time for us and that was okay. And we stayed very dear friends throughout college, both having different relationships and being there for each other as acquaintances, but always very amicable. And then fast forward to a couple years out of college, I was still in Santa Barbara working at an advertising agency. And I was in a not great relationship that I had been in for a couple of years. But Melvin and I just sort of rekindled our friendship and became close as he helped me navigate this very tough relationship. And ultimately, I got out of that relationship and Melvin was like, move up to San Francisco because that's where he lived at the time. And he was like, going to go to law school there. He had gotten in to UC Hastings and we were like 24 at the time thinking we were just so grown up. And it's like, come move up here. We'll be together. It'll be so great. And I did. I got a job. And within a week, he ended up getting off the wait list to Boston University to go to law school. Oh my gosh. And he left. And so this was 2013. So within a week, we overlapped about a week. And it was like the most heartbroken I had ever been at that age. And he went off to law school and he was like, law school is going to be so brutal. You don't want to be a part of this, which was probably the right call. And then I stayed in San Francisco and was happy in, in my 20s. And I had a relationship for a couple years that was pretty serious. And then that relationship ended in 2016. And then I was in New York for work and Melvin and I had dinner and it was just the first time we had both been single. And it was pretty much new in that moment. We're like, okay, we want to figure out a way that we can make this work. And because he was a lawyer, he couldn't come to California without having to jump through all the hoops and take the bar. And so I had a friend at Pinterest, a very dear friend, and she got me a contractor job at Pinterest in New York. And I just moved across the country with huge risk. And we moved in together right away, really not having dated seriously for more than about a month. We moved into our awesome apartment in Brooklyn and lived there for almost three years. Then we got engaged there in New York. And yeah, obviously we're still together. <laughs> yeah. And here you are. Yeah. I'm so curious when you moved from San Francisco to New York. So it's like he broke your heart in Santa Barbara after giving you mono. And then he broke your heart when you moved to San Francisco. When you were going to New York, were you like, you better not break my heart again? <laughs> you know, it's so funny. No one's ever asked me that. But no, I had absolutely no... Now, I mean, at this point, we were in our late 20s, and I think we were both, I had had a lot of boyfriends. <laughs> he had not had any girlfriends. He's a lot pickier than I am, apparently. But no, I had no doubt. I'm pretty risk averse, like very logical. And it just sort of was like, of course, I'm going to do this. Yeah, it felt really good. It's funny how time is really everything in a relationship, because I think if I met Julian when I was younger, that probably wouldn't have worked. But again, it's just all about timing. It is. And I think it's pretty serendipitous that I happened to be in New York fall of 2016. And I wasn't even considering that him and I would ever find our way back to each other. And so it was just so organic, which is why it's so cool. And I think why we both were like, oh yeah, duh, this is easy because it happens so naturally when we were both ready. Yeah. So when you guys were 
dating. And even when you weren't, right, there was that big gap of you were dating other people. Was there ever something in the back of your head where it was like, I feel like Melvin is the one for me? So I knew at 24 years old, I was like, oh, I'm for sure going to marry this person. And then he moved and time passed and I had another serious relationship. And I think at that point, it sort of faded from the back of my mind. But about every two years, I would see him and it would always be so lovely and nice. And he is truly the only partner I've ever had who's also been my best friend in the whole world. And so that feeling was just always there, even if I wasn't dating him or romantically involved. And so I think, yes, there was always a thought, but the thought was in and out because I was also very committed in the relationship that happened in between. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. All right. So you moved to New York and he proposed in New York. Can you tell us a little bit about the proposal? (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. It's my favorite because I just can't be surprised. I can't physically be surprised because I'm just so type A. But I knew something was up when he asked if we could plan a date night eight weeks in advance. (laughs) And I asked him, I was like, that's weird. He's like, you know, you're traveling so much. I was, I was like bi-coastal between San Francisco and New York. And he's like, I just want to get it on the calendar. And I'm like, so weird, not normal. So at that point I was like, okay, I'm ready for it. And I knew he had been working on a ring with my best friend. And so. Was that supposed to be a secret or did he tell you that he was working on that? I found, oh, it's funny. I found a receipt because I do his laundry. He cooks. He does all the cooking just for the record. And I do his laundry. And I found a receipt in his pocket that was from a diamond store quite visibly in New York. And I asked him about it. And he said that he bought his parents a a generator as a gift because it was for thousands of dollars. He's like, oh, I bought my parents a generator as a gift. And then he ran out the door, took the trash out. And I was like, that was very weird. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I see right through that. So I knew it was coming. And I think the bigger surprise was my really good friend, Lindsay in New York was in on it. And she was the more wild card than he was, but she had taken me to this place called Paint Box in New York, which is like a really cool place to get your nails done the day before. And just like played, so she's like, you really think he's going to? He's not. And then even the next day, which was a Saturday, it was September 21st, the Earth, Wind and Fire song. So that's our song. And she took me to one of our favorite bars in Brooklyn. He said he was going to meet his friends to watch the game. And he's like, oh, I'll meet you back here later. You know, we'll have dinner together. And Lindsay took me to a bar to have a couple drinks, which was very strange (laughs) for both of us. We never did that. We did other things during the day on weekends, but she was playing along with me thinking I was getting proposed to. So she's like, let's get you a little drug just in case. So I like knew it was coming pretty much. And then I went back to our apartment and he had texted me and he said, oh, Baloo and I are on the roof. Baloo is our dog. (laughs) Baloo and I are on the roof having a glass of wine. Why don't you come up and join us? (laughs) Very weird. You do not go on the roof. This is all not normal. So of course I changed to put something cuter on and I'm so glad I did because when I went up to the roof, the first thing I saw was the photographer (laughs) and he had rented out the whole roof and worked with our doorman and just conspired. And yeah, and he proposed right there and he's not the most emotive man, which is 
okay. So he actually wrote his proposal. He said it, but then he actually had written it in a card, which I loved. So I could read it again. And then he had bottles of wine that were from the specific years of significance for us. A bottle of Dom from 2007, 2008. And then a bottle from 2013 and then a bottle from 2016. I thought that was so cool. That's so thoughtful. He's very good at detail. And it was a perfect New York day in September and the sunset was amazing. And he had a private chef cook me all my favorite things, lemon pasta and kale Caesar salad. And yeah, it was just perfect. And then it was great because I got to be in my PJs as soon as we were done eating and we were just home. And then the next day we got to call, call our loved ones. And yeah, I love it. Such a great story. And well done, Melvin. Come back from giving you mono (laughs) and many other things. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's take a quick break to hear about our sponsor gift pod. As you know, Julian and I still managed to have a dream wedding, even though we had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to make it happen during the pandemic, and ended up celebrating with just our immediate families. But of course, we did truly miss celebrating with our entire tribe. In order to give our peeps a way to celebrate us, we asked them to send audio recordings of their love, support, and advice for our relationship. The recordings were produced, edited, spiced up with music, and packaged as a gift pod our own personal podcast that we can now listen to on our anniversary or whenever we just want to feel loved. GiftPod is giving every guest on the podcast a free gift pod and is offering our listeners 10% off. You can apply it to a wedding package or you can use it to give a gift pod for any occasion, a birthday, anniversary, or even a celebration of life. Go to giveagiftpod.com and use promo code COVIDBRIDES. So you were supposed to get married in 2021. Did you have a wedding vision at all? Or I was not the type of person that dreamt of my wedding when I was 10 years old. So I used Pinterest in the last year to build my vision. (laughs) I think I had a vision probably since I was a little girl that evolved over time. I went back to my old Pinterest boards well before I worked at Pinterest from 2012. And I was just horrified by some of the like (laughs) barnyard accessories that I had pinned at one point. But I think my vision, generally speaking, was I have a very, very small family and a very close knit group of best friends who have been my best friends for so long. And so I think I just pictured a really intimate, maybe 70 person max wedding outdoors in Santa Barbara or in my hometown that was just an all weekend affair. And my friends give me a hard time, but I am really snobby when it comes to like attire and clothing. And so pre-COVID, my best friends were ready to police what people were wearing and everything because it would have been very black tie. I think the approach I wanted originally was boho black tie. I'm not sure what that would have looked like, but that was a vision. <laughs> Love to see that combination. <laughs> so lots of Turkish rugs, but then also everyone would be in black tie attire. We'd be outdoors on a ranch with a vineyard. And that was our venue originally. And so that was the vision I had. And we had booked our 
venue in March of this year, right before shutdown. So we had had 14, 15 months to plan. And I think by late this summer, we were like, we would just love to be married now and also save that money. Right? A hundred percent cannot even tell you how much money we saved by going micro wedding or elopement style. So yeah. I was going to say, because I saw that you canceled this year or in like the summer and knowing that your wedding was in 2021, I was like, oh my gosh, like they're really on top of it. I think that was part of our thought was it's going to look different. Even if there's a vaccine, it's just going to look different no matter what. And I think we realized, okay, what's more important to us? It's being married soon and also redefining 2020 by doing something like choosing to elope and get married. To clarify, we ended up pushing from June 2021 to April 2022. So we still have our venue on hold and we may have a party in a year and a half. We may like have a big party and like renew our vows or do something cool, but we have till January of 2022 to make that decision. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. They just need to know like a few months before then. Yeah. And they keep a little bit of the deposit, but it's very small. And so it's like, okay, we're okay with that. So that's a blessing. Did you have other vendors booked as well? Or was it just the venue at that point? It was just the venue, but it was also quite a dress that I had paid for and committed to a Leanne Marshall gown because again, boho black tie, (laughs) whatever that looks like. It was very whimsical, but very formal gown. And I had actually liked another dress more. I went to Helen Miller slash Anne something blue in San Francisco. And I had actually liked a Helen Miller gown more, but it didn't feel like it was right for the venue. It didn't feel like ranchy. It was a crepe gown. It was the gown that I ended up getting. And so when our plans changed, I changed my dress and that actually saved me money. And I got to wear something that that I typically wouldn't have selected, but just felt so right. And it was so much better for our elopement than it would have been probably for a big ranch outdoor party. Yeah. Was it easy to cancel your original dress purchase? Did you have to pay for that? So I, it was from the same boutique. So I basically had already paid for half and they said, okay, no problem. Now you have store credit. And with that store credit, I was able to get the dress I actually wanted. Probably because they hadn't ordered your dress since it was still far enough out in advance. Right. Right. At that point, I was, I probably still had 10 months before the date of the wedding. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was just, I was so happy with that dress. And it's so funny when you think about the dress that you'll pick and everything you've pinned like for 30 years of your life. And then you end up with something that you don't even expect that you would have selected. 100%. Oh my God. My dress was so far off from what I was pinning. I was like A-line, whimsical feeling with lace, zero lace, stark white, very like modern cut to it. And I was like, gosh, I never envisioned myself in this dress at all or strapless. I never envisioned strapless either. So it's funny how that happens when you actually put it on your body and you're like, oh, wow, some of those dresses I envisioned that look great on those models don't look good on me. (laughs) Oh, definitely. I was like, oh, I'm not a stick. Okay. That's not going to (laughs) work. Right. That's that's how I felt as well. Alrighty. So can you tell us a little bit about how you guys 
did your elopement? Yeah, it was really fun to plan and really low stress. So recommend to anyone who is type A and worried about having to plan a wedding to accommodate other people. But we basically were like, we wanted to get married in Santa Barbara because that's where we met. But all the venues were just, they were just too expensive for the quantity of people we would probably have for an actual wedding. And so we're like, let's elope in Santa Barbara. And there's elopement planners. So that was actually a very, very good investment. It was very affordable. And Santa Barbara Elopements was who we worked with. And basically talked to them about our vision overall. Like we want to do we like the ocean, but we hate the beach. So we don't want sand. So we want cliffs and we want sunset and we want a little bit of like a boho vibe, if you will, like kind of bring some Turkish rugs into it. And we want in terms of floral, like the big protea flowers, some fall colors, but still with pops of like spring. And she just connected us with all the right vendors and made it so easy. And it took about three months to plan. And it was just a lot of fun. It was just a little bit every week. And because of COVID, had a lot of travel points that we hadn't used. So we booked time at the Bacara as well as Hotel Californian and just had a nice little mini moon in Santa Barbara. And it was it was fun because it's like the we obviously were had to get ready in the same place, but Bacara let him use the men's spa to get ready. So then the makeup artist and hair came to our room and it just was like really low stress. I mean, I think the hard part was not having my parents there. We sort of made that call together because Melvin's family is on the Melvins, dare I say, are in Philadelphia and all of his best friends are on the East Coast. And because this no one could have traveled and made it without quarantining for two weeks. So it didn't feel right. Both of my parents are in California and it just didn't feel right to do it without his parents getting to be there, even though they told us, you guys should, if you want to, but we're like, we're just going to make it us. And then we'll have, we'll get to celebrate with everyone in 2021, hopefully. Nice. I feel for people whose families are spread out that it's so hard. You kind of have to make that decision of either one set of parents are there or no set of parents are there. So it's tough. Yeah. That's where we felt fortunate. It was like my parents are here in the Bay Area. Julian's parents are in Los Angeles. So Santa Barbara was a feasible thing for all of us, but I couldn't imagine having to make that decision. So it must have been tough. Yeah. It was tough and it still feels a little bit tough, honestly, because we've only been married not even a month yet. But I know that we'll get to celebrate with with our loved ones. And honestly, I don't know how people do it because we started getting ready around noon. The ceremony was at three. We, We drove to the ceremony together after our first look in our 2007 Toyota RAV4 was named Ruth, which was our favorite thing. I was like, we get to drive to our own ceremony together. And then it was quite the hike, like through the Elwood Bluffs to get to the most amazing, beautiful venue, quote unquote. It was a public trail. So people were hiking by and were giving us a lot of love and congratulating us, which was so cool. And it really just felt like we got to exchange our vows. And again, this was the every 18 months where he's emotional. So it was nice. His <laughs> vows, he really delivered, really knocked out of the park and then just had a photo shoot. And then we were like tired. 
I'm like, how do people do this and then go entertain people? Dance and all that. (laughs) No. Probably adrenaline. I'm going to guess they get the adrenaline kick going in. So what did you guys do after you eloped? Did you go to dinner? How did you celebrate afterwards? I know you did the mini moon as well, but. Yeah. I mean, we drove three minutes back to the Bacara in our 2007 Toyota (laughs) and my feet really hurt because I didn't bring flats. And I was like, I just want to get out of all these distress. Yeah. But yeah, we just had a reservation at Angel Oak, the restaurant at the Bacara. And we went and we like got lobster mac and cheese and other things we love. And we're probably in bed by eight. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) You're like, that's a wrap. We did it. And we we had we snuck a Zoom with our parents in there, which was nice. But otherwise, yeah, it was really it was really low key, which is just so crazy to think about because even me a year ago, especially working at Pinterest, I wanted the wedding and I wanted to be the center of attention and I wanted all those things. And I think priorities are different now. And that's so much clearer whether it comes to like our overall consumer culture or weddings or all of it. It's just the most important things are health and family and love. It's like pretty simple now. (laughs) Yeah. It definitely put everything into perspective for me, for sure. I was likewise in the sense of I wanted the big wedding. I honestly felt like I got robbed of my wedding day, like didn't get to celebrate with my friends and get ready together. But I look back at it all and I'm like, you know what? What is this really about? It's about Julian and I and our families coming together. And I think that was the point for me that I realized it's totally okay how we're doing our wedding this year. I got emotional at first, right? When I was like, no, I have to like cancel my whole plan. But then it was, I'm good. This is good. And honestly, it was Julian's vision. He always wanted to have a micro wedding. We always joked of having 125 people or less, but he wanted literally our family. And so he kind of laughs about it now because he's like, I totally got what I wanted. This. <laughs> oh, and Melvin's the same way. He either wanted to just elope, and this was pre-COVID, or because he has 35 best friends from high school. Like, or it, it would be them and all of their significant, and it would be 120 people. So there was no sort of middle ground for us, even though I just wanted the wedding of 40 cozy people, but that would have never happened. So, so we eloped. <laughs> so you eloped. Here you are. Well, I love it. Is there anything else that you would want to share from a wedding perspective that would help brides or just couples in general as they're trying to navigate through trying to get married during this time? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's different answers, whether it's emotionally or logistically. How do you cope emotionally? (laughs) I think just sort of asking yourself to your earlier point, why am I getting married? Our society makes such a big deal about the wedding industry and this validation that women get if they get proposed to and social media. And it's seriously endless and so toxic. And like, look yourself in the mirror and be like, why am I getting married? Why do I want to marry this person? And if just being with this person is what matters, then that should help you answer your question. And I think that my friends would laugh because I truly was in 2009. I was like, I'm growing my hair out for my wedding. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, okay. (laughs) And so I, of all those I'm closest to was really the one who 
wanted this moment, but I think I didn't always want it for the right reasons either. And also as you get older financially, where should that money be spent? It's over in a flash. And so sort of just thinking about that too. And I'll just be honest, it's been hard the last few weeks. We haven't heard from a lot of people about our wedding because there was no lead up and a save the date and because no one traveled and there was a big thing because there's not the same public celebration, if you will. And so it's been a little bit hard with that. I feel a little bit not celebrated. I feel a little bit robbed, but the ones who are closest to us have been there for us. And also giving everyone else the benefit of the doubt, 2020 has been the most brutal year. Everyone is going through shit. Yeah. So I think that that's another important thing to remember is like, Actually, no one cares about your elopement. This year fucking sucks. So also that too, and being empathetic to everyone who would have been at our actual wedding. I'm sure people do care about your elopement (laughs) deep down. I'm curious, actually, did you guys announce it to many people that you were going to elope? Because my gut is that you probably didn't have a save the date or anything out by the time you even made the decision to pivot your wedding or to cancel it, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. So we were, the good thing is, is we hadn't really told anyone we even had a date. So there wasn't a ton of pivoting to do. But yeah, we haven't. I'm actually, as we speak, trying to figure out if I want to do a wedding announcement or something cool like that. But like, what is the etiquette around that? I don't want people to feel they have to give us gifts because I really feel uncomfortable. I don't want any gifts, but we just want to let you know we got married. (laughs) Yeah. As long as you don't have a registry. You know, it makes it harder for them to send gifts. True. No <laughs> registry. And to your earlier question, we told all of our closest friends, probably a hundred people knew. I think we don't have a hundred close friends, but because of the web. So like it was definitely known that it was happening. I think the thing that I would say to couples when you do elope, it's just not gonna have the same climax as a wedding because we're in a different world now. And if people aren't having to travel and there's so much buildup with a wedding, especially if people are a part of it personally, and if you choose to elope, then it might not be weighted in the same way. And that's okay. And that's where you have to ask yourself, am I okay with this? Again, it's about me and my partner and that's what matters, not how other people are going to react to it. And I think also be ready for some people to be hurt by it whether that's close family, because it's not the way that everyone would do it. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I don't know if, I think we may have hurt some people by saying our immediate family, but what was funny is that we had some people say, well, I'm immediate family, right? Uncles or godparents or that kind of relationship. And I think our parents actually did a good job of kind of being like, actually, no, like immediate family is literally the parents and the siblings. But I think people got it eventually. But yeah, we definitely had to tell some people like, sorry, no, that doesn't include you. (laughs) Totally. And it's funny too, because I don't know about you guys, but for a while we had a wedding a month probably. And we loved being a part of every wedding with everyone. We understand to be invited to a wedding means quite a lot when you're making a list and everything. But I think that it just, we didn't want to also just be another wedding that everyone had to go to either. And so that we sort of saw as 
that's okay. People don't have to worry about spending money or traveling and we can celebrate with them another time. Yeah. Do you feel like now that it's done and you're married, do you feel like I really do want to have a celebration if we can in 2022? I don't need it. Is it more just because you already put the deposit down on the venue? (laughs) I think it was more like it would be cool because who knows what our lives look like in 2022. Some of our best friends will probably have children. We might have children. It just could look like a fun party, but just look very different. And that might be really special too. But I think that I don't know. I'm not needing it in the same bridezilla way that I I needed it throughout my 20s. <laughs> yeah, totally. Everything gets put into perspective during this time. So definitely. All right. So there is a little surprise for everybody. And if you're open to it, would love to hear the surprise. I already know the surprise. <laughs> yes. I mean, I would be happy to share. It's sort of what made me happy with the fact we chose to elope because it really shows that everything happens for a reason and timing is everything, which is like Melvin and I's theme in life. But just for some background, we want to have children someday. That has always been something that mattered to both of us. And I had been told that it would be very difficult for me because I have a condition called PCOS. So do I. Oh, you do? Yeah. See, it's so common. Also doesn't mean anything because of what I will, (laughs) because what I will share. So through my company, I have incredible fertility benefits. And so when lockdown started and we were in San Francisco, we were like, this is actually a great time to freeze embryos and do these fertility treatments because I don't have to wear real pants and come home every night and all those reasons. And so in April and May, I did that and we we banked three healthy embryos. And we knew that I would have to do another round if we wanted more than one kid. And so we sort of were planning for that to be early this next year. And then just a couple weeks before our wedding, and just for the record, our elopement we planned in August for November. So that was that time frame. And then in late October, because of my condition, i don't have regular periods. So I'm just like, whatever. I was like, maybe I should take a pregnancy test. This is kind of weird. And so I took two and Melvin thought I did it wrong because it said pregnant (laughs) and we were told I couldn't get pregnant. So he thought I did it wrong. He thought I peed all over it (laughs) and broke it. And so then he's like, let's get the yes, no ones. And because it's very Melvin. Yes, no. (laughs) And then he wanted to do it for me. To make sure I did it right. Maybe pee in a cup <laughs> So anyway, those also said yes. Oh my gosh. So we got four positive pregnancy tests and I was like, no way. I'm like, this is not possible. I must have eaten something that made it show up as positive. We got to go to a doctor. And so, yeah, we went to the doctor and I took another test there and he's like, yeah, I mean, you're very pregnant. And I was like, I just don't think so. And then a week later, we were able to get an ultrasound to really confirm. And I was only about six, seven weeks along at the time. But I was like, well, okay, I can't argue against that. Yeah, there's a heartbeat. (laughs) Right, right. So then by the time we got married, I was about eight weeks along. Yeah, when I got married. And so I was like, so worried that my dress was tight and I was just telling the photographer to get creative. And she's like, you don't, you're fine. You don't look pregnant. 
<laughs> you don't look pregnant at all, <laughs> FYI. <laughs> and so it's kind of a miracle. I'm just getting out of my first trimester. And the funniest, craziest, most, again, serendipitous thing is now my baby is set to be born on the day I was supposed to get married in June next year. I just find that so crazy. Like on the exact day. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> that is crazy. So we're like, that's totally our luck, if you will. So that is sort of why I'm overall honestly okay. I think if I wasn't pregnant with this like miracle baby, I'd definitely be a little bit more heartbroken about feeling like I didn't get the celebration that I had wanted. But really, everything feels like it happens for a reason. And I wouldn't be able to have a wedding on that day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm be busy. I'm be busy. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's going to be hopefully a fun story we get to talk about for a long time. And then of course people are going to speculate, oh, they eloped because she was knocked up, and it's like, oh no, not really. But happily, yes, it worked out. It worked out. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Positive vibes. Everything goes smoothly. I think it will. I think we yeah. will have a, a summer baby who will look like a bowling ball because we are both short, thick, and dense. <laughs> We're not thick. We're dense. Oh my gosh, you're so funny. <laughs> my husband is only 5'7". So. Julian's only 5'7 as well. And I'm 5'2". So I get the whole short yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> so your children probably won't be very tall. I'm sorry. <laughs> Probably not. We're banking on my mom's side of the family where my grandpa and my uncles are all over six feet. So we're like, maybe it skipped a generation. We'll see. <laughs> we don't have that on either side, unfortunately. So, so yeah, fingers crossed, but at least they'll be average height, which is more than, more than I could ask for, but, and we'll find out, we get to find out the gender next week and all sorts of things too. So we're very excited. That is so exciting. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Well, I do end the podcast with a final question that I ask every COVID bride. So what's one thing you've learned or valued through the constant changes you've experienced while planning your wedding slash eloping? I guess valued would just be him, if I'm being honest. There was never a doubt in my mind. He's just so logical and even keeled, not reactive always supportive and he just wanted whatever I wanted. And I think that the thing that I valued most is there's no other person I would rather have to be with 24 seven working from home in sweatpants for a whole year with, I traveled so much for my job that by the time in March, when I had to hit pause, I was actually weirdly excited to just get to be with him and our dog. And that feeling has not gone away. So that's how I know that, yeah, that I made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. He's your person. Yes. <laughs> you knew back when you were 24, this was going to happen. I did. <laughs> See? And he didn't, but it's okay. He got there. <laughs> yeah, he got there. <laughs> Ashley, this was so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your story and so excited for you guys. It's going to be a journey this upcoming year and I'm just, it's needed for these positive vibes. So we're really excited for you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and for giving brides and couples a platform to talk about this very niche, but not niche situation that people are experiencing at different levels this year and morning things and sort of reframing things. So thank you for having me. I'm so glad we got to do it. 
Of course. <laughs> yes. And hopefully we can meet in person one day too. Yes. When I'm back up in San Francisco, for sure. Yeah. I would love that. Definitely. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Emily Lewis. Follow me on social media at Bride to Have Been and please send me or DM me your COVID wedding stories if you're interested in being featured on the podcast. Bride to Have Been is brought to you by GiftPod and produced by StudioPod. Edits were made by Notolab. Special thanks to Gary Oakland for providing this track. Subscribe, rate, and share with your fellow brides. 